You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, joining me on Getting Swamped today, Seth Vernador. And Seth, it, it, there's a lot of people, if they don't know who Seth is, he's got a great YouTube channel. He breaks down a lot of these football games, schemes, concepts, some of the things that maybe an average fan, supposedly probably like me or somebody else, doesn't really think about when they watch a football game. I mean, you see the plays unfold and you see what kind of happens. Maybe a linebacker rushes and sacks a quarterback, but you don't know really how it formed and how the formations are and how the concept is, Seth's really good at that. Seth, introduce yourself here to everybody on Getting Swamp. Well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was Seth Varnador. I, um, I've got, uh, like like Dave said, i got a YouTube channel, but I used to be uh, a high school and college coach. I played football uh, in high school a little bit in college before uh, injury, and then I got into coaching pretty young. I did that for about 10 years, and then I was, um, I was coaching at the college level uh, with Jerry Odom, who former Gator Jerry Odom, player and coach, cool. uh, still a big Gator fan, by the way, which was which was fun to watch some games with him when we were up at Tuscaloosa. We would get f- more fired up than anybody, so <laughs> it was cool. To, it was cool to see. But um, I was coaching with him, and you know, at the D two level, you're not making a ton of money. So my wife and I were kind of thinking about having another kid and, and wanting to grow our family. So I got out of coaching and got into some other stuff to where we could make a little bit more. Uh, yeah, we're we're not making uh, we're not making Nick Saban money at that level, so we're uh, <laughs> you got you got to think a little bit about uh, the family. So got out of that, but I needed a I needed an outlet to stay attached to football, or else I, I thought I would go crazy if I didn't. So I started doing some stuff with the Daily Stampede. I still do things with them, uh, USF site. So I still cover USF a little bit. Um, I started with them because Kerwin Bell was the offensive coordinator at USF in 2019. He got hired. And that's about the time I was looking to do something and write about football. And so I messaged him and said, hey, I played for Kerwin in high school. Kerwin was my head coach. I played at Trinity Catholic for him uh, with John Brantley and that group. So, yeah, so I I messaged them and said, hey, I know Kerwin. I I can write some stuff, and this is what I think I could do. And they brought me on. So I kind of got my start there. And then 2020, towards the end of 2020, I started doing some stuff involving Florida. And I've kind of kept both going uh, since then. So. Uh, literally, you, you can. I have some USF stuff, and that's kind of why I think I think I'm coming on this week to talk a little bit about USF. Um, but I'm uh, doing a, a lot of Florida stuff as well, so uh, it's keeping me busy. That's for sure. Yeah, I bet, man. Uh, during the uh, during the season, we're all busy. <laughs> I could imagine, <laughs> yeah, you covering as many teams as you do. I mean, you're probably really busy. You know, USF, Florida, all those other teams, and uh, man, you do a great job, man. I, I, I've well, watched your you. YouTube channel. Um, Dave Waters actually highly recommended you as well. I remember you tagged me in a Twitter post, and I said, "Yeah, I got to get this guy on. Let's see, let's see what he's all about here." So, man, USF, Florida. Uh, first off, Seth, uh, before we break down. You know, USF and the Bulls here. You've seen Anthony Richardson through two games. Both games were pretty day and night. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you go by looking at it, uh, you do great breakdowns, as I said. What's your takeaway so far in general of Anthony Richardson on the football field? I, I mean, I think he's he's kind of got the hallmarks of a young guy and incons- consistent, but it was also, I think, a big step up in terms of uh, defensive talent from Utah, not to take any away from Utah, but I didn't think coming into the game they were particularly great on defense. So with Florida being able to get that run game really lathered up, 
and, and kind of Utah, it seems like there were times where they're playing 30 yards off the ball because they don't want to get beat deep. It kind of gave you some it kind of gave you some windows to throw into. And I thought he played really well in that first game. And and that could be just a, a function of him having more time to prepare for that game. So he's really, really confident, really prepared, ready to go. The second game, obviously, it doesn't take a, an expert to see he didn't play very well. Um, but some of it was on him. There were some where he had a good, clean pocket. He had open guys and he missed. There were some where I thought, and I talked about it in my breakdown, I thought the offensive line had some issues in pass protection where you got guys pushed into his lap sometimes where it probably would have been a much easier throw if I don't have a guy right at my feet. Yeah. And, and then there were then there were some drops too. So I think there's blame to go around, but he definitely can play better. And we kind of saw him play really well that first week. Again, it's not like – Utah's a slouch, but they're not quite as good on defense as Kentucky. So he kind of got to see the next level up um, in terms of uh, competition coming into the SEC play and some better athletes. So I think it'll just be an adjustment period for him. Yeah, coming into, I guess, his third game, he's started his career. I mean, the first start wasn't a, a great situation for him at all. So no. I guess a lot of fans kind of just looked past it and uh, just said, well, it was the number one defense in the nation, five first-round draft picks. Okay, yeah, yeah we'll, give, we'll, we'll let him and, slide. And I thought they had a poor plan for him in that game, really. There was – I went back before the season, did kind of a video, how far can Anthony Richardson take Florida? Um, and looking back at the Georgia game after not watching it since since it happened, really, I thought they I thought they kind of didn't plan for him very well. They they seemed to tell him to throw into the boundary a ton, and Georgia was pretty prepared for that. So he kept having to look into the boundary and throw these short throws, and Georgia would gobble it up. And then once they started getting going on defense, I think it got overwhelming, which it did for almost everyone they played last year. So, um, but. Yeah, it, it just – talk about uh, a tough three first games as a starting quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's three pretty good teams to open with. So, I think he's going to get a little reprieve this week. Um, so, th that'll be helpful. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him go forward and, and what kind of adjustments they make to play calling and other things just to see how they change it up or if they just kind of roll with what they're doing. Yeah, you mentioned the Dan Mullen way of, uh, you know, we're screaming for Anthony Richardson and we'll just throw him out there with no game plan against the number one defense. That'll be great, right? <laughs> yeah, super, super helpful. Like, you need everything you can get. You need every bullet in the gun. And they came in, I thought, it, it looked at times like they came in with a water pistol in terms of the game plan. So, um, not helpful for your quarterback. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, in the last press conference, uh, Anthony Richardson, he, he talked about, you know, not being as confident out there. He got a little shook. Uh, now, this is a game where maybe Anthony Richardson can restore his confidence. South Florida, honestly, talent-wise, compared to Florida, probably is a little a bit of a mismatch. I wouldn't say little. It's probably a lot of a mismatch. Yeah, but, uh, uh, the team's coached by Jeff Scott. You know, a, a lot of you know him from his time at Clemson. Wide receivers coach there, co-offensive coordinator there at Clemson. Uh, also, wide receiver coach there at Presbyterian. So, uh, you know, this guy, he knows his wide receivers, you know, knows how to get guys open in the backfield. So, Seth, uh, USF runs kind of that spread offense there, uh, and you study a lot of these concepts. What do you expect from USF here offensively? So they're a big uh, – they, they switched up personnel a little bit. Last year, they were crazy heavy RPO. They had Charlie Weiss Jr., really heavy RPO. This year, they're a little bit different. The schemes are somewhat similar, um, but they've added some more, I think, wide zone stuff into the run game, which Florida fans are pretty uh, uh, familiar with now after seeing 
uh, the first two games under Napier. But you're going to get probably three receivers and a tight end most of the time, so 11 personnel, one tight end, one back. Um, they they kind of fancy themselves as a run team. At least I think a lot of the a lot of the people around the program do. But they have some they have some skill at receiver. They got Gary Bohannon from Baylor, transferred at quarterback. He won some big games last year. I think this environment will probably be different than anything he's ever been in, though. Uh, but I don't know how raucous it'll be for USF coming into town. But that will definitely be uh, one of the bigger uh, environments he's played in. But he's pretty—he's kind of a steady guy, and, and they have some skill talent. Where I think what their biggest issue is going to be is they're—they have experience up front, but I don't think they're going to be able to handle Florida on either side of the ball up front. So that that should go a long way towards uh, that Florida defense playing pretty well, I would imagine against USF. But they do have they do have some skill guys that if they get in space can make some things happen. And they run that four two five defense, correct? Yes, the Bob Shoup. Um, he was at Mississippi State, uh, where Gator fans probably remember him. He he was at Vanderbilt for I think with Franklin, and then he was at Mississippi State when Mullen's first year when they went back to play Mississippi State. He was the defensive coordinator, I believe there. So they had a they had a pretty good defense. Typically has been pretty aggressive in his career and not afraid to blitz and play man coverage. They're kind of mixing it up. They're still having issues, um, kind of new coordinator issues. You can tell with alignment, getting lined up correctly, and especially when when people bring out tempo, which Florida has shown a little bit in the first two games. So tempo, motion, that kind of stuff gives them problems. So I'd expect to see a lot of that from Florida and and. And they're, and you know, and when it comes down to it, they're not great up front. You watch the BYU game, BYU's pushing them five yards off the ball sometimes. So I, I would expect a heavy dose of run from Florida early or really just kind of whenever they need it. They should be able to run the ball. I think USF's given up 275 yards a game or something pretty close right now on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so defense is definitely the weakness of this USF team. Yeah, and uh, they'll definitely be loading some guys in the back running that four-two-five defense there. And, and in Florida so far this year, I can't say technically has struggled passing the football, but really hasn't been that many explosive plays deep in that 20-plus yard range or more. Now against Utah, I think it was one pass they attempted for 20-plus yards. Against Kentucky, they attempted three, were only successful for one for 28 yards. Uh, now, USF, they're ranked 79th in passing defense nationally, allowing 261 yards passing per game. Even though USF's talent may not be up to par with most teams, this could seemingly be somewhat of a challenge for Richardson with five guys back there, you know, if that's the route that they go, and could somewhat, you know, test his accuracy and decision-making, which he struggled with last week against Kentucky, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think they're going to have – I think USF's going to have to pick their poison a little bit. They're going to have to get a little more aggressive, uh, I think, to defend Florida's run game. Because if they don't, if they want to sit back and play, Florida should be able to run the ball at them pretty easy. So they're going to have to load up the box, I would imagine, right, to play this Florida run game. And when they do that, I, I, I as USF's got some pretty good athletes at corner, but they're not, they're not great on the back end. Those guys have not played great so far. Um, so I, I think Florida should be able to kind of do not necessarily what they want, but they should be able to have success running the ball. I think would be, you know, you're gonna have a ton of success there, but they should have success throwing the ball as well it's because they're, they're going to be hard for USF to defend and they're kind of, they can't really play base. They can't just kind of drop back. Cause if you do that, Florida will just run it down your throat. So they're going to have to be aggressive. 
and then you can take advantage. And and that's kind of what I'm hoping to see from Florida's offense. As, as you're just an outsider looking in, you'd like to see some more explosive plays, especially in the passing game. That's kind of what's been missing the first two weeks. You haven't really seen that really explosive passing play. And like you said, if we've seen maybe two of them in the first two games, like to see a few more of those. I think that would make you feel a lot better going into the conference stretch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad you mentioned the you know kind of you know they run that four two five, but you are going to have to stack the box, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're probably going to try to do at the beginning, uh, just based on the fact that I mean you, you look at Anthony Richardson the past two games, he hasn't thrown over 200 yards. Um, you know he struggled last week against Kentucky. You know, they love to run the football. They've been very successful running the football. I think they're averaging about 210 yards uh, rushing per game right now. So you're definitely going to have this, you know, stack the box. But luckily, you know, Florida has the bigger, stronger offensive line. They've done pretty well this year, but they have given up some, uh, you know, some kind of, I guess, sack. Not even really sacks, just pressures. Yeah. Uh, you saw that a lot from Kentucky the last game. Um USF ranked 129th in rush yards allowed in the nation, allowing 315. You were close. I think you said, what, 275? I thought it was 275. Is it even worse? <laughs> uh, I went on teamrankings.com. They got them at 315 yards per it's game. Very, it's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> They've not been good. And I looked up their uh, rushing st- uh, rushing statistics defensively, and they've already accumulated about 14 missed tackles in run defense, 20 missed tackles overall. 70% of their missed tackles have been in run defense. Florida's averaging, as I said, 210 yards per game. Averaged, uh, I believe, what was it, last year? I think they averaged a little over 200 as well. Um, they also uh, have a running back <laughs> being Trevor Etienne, who's averaged 4.79 yards after contact. Yeah. And uh, Florida averaged 3.46 yards after contact on average just as a team. I guess I was going to ask you, how do you see Florida's run game faring earlier on in the game? But I think you kind of answered that question for me. Yeah, I think it's going to um, be all right. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it'll be like that's it's, you mentioned the USF has had problems with tackling. And, and that's some of that's being guys being out of position. They're not sure if they should come up. Uh, you know, safeties are kind of waiting on guys playing flat-footed. Um, right. If you do that against, like, ETN, you saw what he can do in the open field last week on, on his touchdown. If you kind of sit back and wait for him, he's going to cook you. So um, I would imagine they'll have some. They'll have a, quite a bit of success running the ball. Yeah, I, I would assume that, too. Um, let's go, I guess we could talk about a little bit about more, I guess, defensive play. Like last week, you know, I was looking, you know, getting pressure on Anthony Richardson. He did take a sack, had three tackles for loss for Kentucky, as well as two quarterback contacts, but 12 quarterback pressures that Kentucky <laughs> gave Florida last week. J.J. Uh, Weaver, Jordan Wright, <laughs> especially in the second half, were giving Richardson fits here. Uh, South Florida, on the other hand, they, you know, as you said, they played BYU and they played Howard so far this season. Uh, so far, USF's collected five sacks. On some sites, it's four. Uh, two quarterback contacts and 15 quarterback hurries in two games. And some sites count sacks differently than other yeah. sites. So uh, some sites will read five, some sites will read four. And, and, and I know playing Howard was, you know, that's not really a, a hard, but I don't even, I didn't even know Howard had a football team. I yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, the, the, the issue is Howard, Howard drove the ball down the field on them a few times and, and, and kind of fumbled it away that Howard had some success on offense. And that's kind of the BYU. I think after the BYU game, 
you look at it, you're like, okay, I think BYU is really good on offense. So I'm not sure about where this defense is at. Howard was able to come in and have success. Uh, they threw a lot of high percentage passes, were able to complete a lot of passes. Now they weren't explosive, but they were able to complete a lot, keep the chains moving. I think Howard had the ball for 40 minutes in the game. So wow. they were able, yeah, they were able to run the ball, keep it moving. Um, and, and kind of some turnovers really turned the game. The USF, the final score is not really indicative of how they play. They did not play super sharp in that game. They were still kind of able to overwhelm. The offense is the best unit. It was I kind of got untracked there and, and scored like on four or five straight drives to put the game out of reach. But the defense had some problems with Howard and had a lot of problems with BYU the first week. So that is uh, that should be it's it's a nice uh, bounce back game I think for, for coming off that Kentucky be, uh, because USF's not as good up front. You're not going to see as much. Last year they were one of the worst teams in the country in terms of tackles for loss and sacks. They they've had a real issue with that up front the last two or three seasons. I think they're getting better. They have a Missouri transfer. I think Jatorian Hansford is playing, and yeah. they've got they've got some they've got some guys transferred in. They had a um, they had they've probably had four or five D line transfers from D one schools, so they're working new guys in there. But it's still not great, and I think that won't be. An, I, I don't think you'll see the hurries, and if you do, that means they're probably having to bring pressure, which there's your chance to make some explosive plays in the passing game. Yeah, looking at the past two games, Florida, they haven't really been able to handle it looks like they haven't been able to handle linebacker pressure well. It looks like the the offensive line as far as the defensive line on the other side goes, the offensive line's been pretty they've been able to handle them pretty well, but it looks like every time that I watch Florida, especially Utah, I guess a little bit in the Utah game, but really in the Kentucky game when when a team rushes a couple linebackers or one linebacker Florida seems to not have an answer for that. So, you know, you're the coach here. You know some of these schemes. <laughs> what could possibly help Florida right now? Because, you know, you uh, they're going to they're gonna at least try to pressure Richardson. They're going to try yeah. to get some blitzes off. What do you think that could help this Florida team alleviate some of those pressures from some of those linebackers? Well, I want, one thing that they had some issues with, I thought, against Kentucky is dealing with uh, not just like the blitzing, but the defensive line moving yeah. and not quite passing things off really well. You know, there are times where guys are getting locked on on a guy. And if he's, you know, if your defensive lineman that's in front of you is running, you know, away from you, there's probably somebody coming back to you, right? Because they got to stay in gaps. They have to be gap sound. So there are right. a few times where the center would get turned or a guard would get turned chasing a guy. And then you'd bring that linebacker from the outside looping in. And now I get back late. I know for on one for sure that the center gets back late and gets pushed into Richardson's lap as he's trying to make a throw. And so, under like working that kind of stuff where I'm passing off stunts and passing off guys so I can catch the looping blitzers and catch the looping ends when they play those games up front. I think that'll go a long way in fixing some of the issues because it seemed to be a lot of that. It wasn't much straight, just straight rush. I'm whipping you off the corner or straight rush. I'm bull rushing you. It was guys moving and that also hurt them a little bit in the run game. And it's, kind of what Kentucky did last year as well. Florida could not handle their movement in the run game. This year was more in the passing game, I thought, but but that's something you can work on and, and rep, and some of that is familiarity with all the guys. So you, even though you have a lot of guys that have played together, you still have new guys in there. And just understanding when I need to pass stuff off, when I can stay with it and that kind of stuff, which is fixable. So that's a good thing. It wasn't like they were physically dominated. It was It was seemed to be things like that. 
Yeah, and hopefully in the future. I mean, it's only been two games, so I understand it. It's a new staff. They're going to figure things out. Patrick Tony, I'm sure he's drawing up, <laughs> looking at that yeah. film from last week, drawing something up, at least throw a running back out there to block a linebacker or somebody that's trying to blitz or or uh, just have an extra running back out there just to block in general or a tight end. Who, who knows? But uh, I'm sure, as I said, the defensive staff is drawing up plays uh, for that. Um, you know, let, let's go ahead and flip to us defensively now you know we we got really good pressure against Kentucky last week <laughs> you know got Will Levis there three times massive hit by Justice Boone yeah. another big sack Cox shoving the offensive lineman into Will Levis that was pretty funny too uh but the USF they've been pretty good so far this year in pass blocking averaging one sack per game two quarterback contacts two quarterback hurries only a total of four pressures in two games which is actually really good from their offensive line uh but they've lacked in run blocking, only averaging 121 yards rushing per game, which is 83rd nationally. They only have a third down conversion rate of 25% so far this year. And I think this is where you get your, your your young guys, like your young linebackers, some experience. And if you have to sit Ventral Miller, we don't know his injury status right now, this game, sit him. Uh, Florida should have no issue stopping the run and forcing that quarterback to have to throw the football, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, and some of that may even how the the pass protection may even be misleading because Utah got up thirty five to nothing and kind of I don't I don't think they were super aggressive after that. Yeah, so they kind of would sit back and let you throw a little bit. The quarterback, I think the quarterback is an above average player. Um, he gets the ball out of his hands. He did take a shot. Now uh, it's probably kind of as a pressure. Last week he took he missed a guy off the edge, took a shot. Probably should have been intercepted. One of the linemen actually. Uh, smoked the guy that caught it and caused the pass breakup. So I'm sure that he got a couple attaboys in the film room. But I, I, this, the, I, this is these are the biggest discrepancies I think in this game is both sides of the line of scrimmage. Florida should be able to handle them pretty well. I know Jeff Scott came out today and was kind of raving about how good Florida it may have been yesterday. How kind of raving about how good Florida looked on the defensive line, and he thought this might be the best defensive line they play all year, which it very well could be. So. I think they're going to give them a ton of problems up front, and that's kind of on both sides of the ball, and that's really kind of how I see the game being dictated. I think Florida can kind of dictate the terms on both sides of the ball up front. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the quarterback because uh, Gary Bohannon, he's a transfer from Baylor. Uh, but he's had a 58.6% completion rating so far this year. He's thrown a total of 397 yards this year, averaged 6.7 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns to two interceptions. Uh, USF's also ranked 99th in total passing yards, averaging 172 yards per game, which is actually better than where Florida is. And I hate to say that, but it is better than what Florida has right now. Uh, but not very impressive stats from Bohannon either, but it, it looks to probably, there's it, probably no question here. You probably don't really have to stack the box against USF, but you don't necessarily have to leave five guys back there in the backfield either since you're a, since you're a scheme guy former coach, how do you defend this USF attack? Well, they, it, it kind of – if you're able to get that pressure up front, which you may be able to – and Tony, what Tony does such a great job of is he'll bring four guys but do it in different ways. So it may be three linemen and a linebacker and I'm dropping somebody out. It may just be the four linemen. It may be two linemen and two linebackers. But So he he's a, does a good job of that safe pressure. Now, Bohane and stats, he's probably had about 10 drops. I mean, probably legitimately in the last in two games. Yeah. Um, one pick was uh, the first play of the Howard game. They just like, we're running a double move, go route, just throw it. And he threw it and it got intercepted on like a 50 50 ball. Um, 
yeah. I, I think getting pressure on, I think you can get pressure probably with four uh, and, and, and not having to sacrifice your coverage on the back end. They do have some explosiveness and they do have some good receivers. So you could get caught in man. Uh, Jimmy Horn plays slot. He's really explosive. He's a guy that was kind of a late riser in recruiting. He got an offer from Georgia right before signing day and ended up sticking with USF uh, but because his quarterback also signed. He's now transferred to UCF, so we'll, we'll see how that goes in the future. <laughs> but uh, he's really explosive. Um, they've got some guys in the backfield that are explosive. So that's kind of what they want to do is probably get those guys in space and see if they can win one-on-one with them. They don't. I don't think they want to play a game in, in the tackle box. So it's probably going to be a lot of perimeter stuff. Uh, getting the guys out in space, motioning guys out in space, trying to get them to where we're playing more of a perimeter game than we do in the box. And one thing they haven't shown yet, and I don't know if they'll show it against Florida. They may save it for conference play, but they have not really run Bohannon much. And he's a pretty good athlete. Um, he like registered over 20 miles per hour in their in their speed, you know, off in the off season stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he he's fat. He's he's he can move for being as big as he is. Um, he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, so he's he's physically gifted. Um, but I, I would I don't think they're going to break that against Florida. I think they might save that for conference play because these games kind of they don't really matter for USF. Obviously, they want to win, but they they need to win in conference more than they need this one. So I don't think we'll see quarterback run, but I bet you see a lot of stuff out on the perimeter trying to just when they have some speed out there, they have some explosive guys get the ball in their hands fast and see if you can make somebody miss. And if you can do that, then you've got a chance to make some big plays. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, Anthony Richardson has only had four drops so far this year. So (laughs) (laughs) Gary Bohannon's completion ranking probably could be better than what it is. So (laughs) yeah, he had, he had like four or five last game where, and that, and that's the, they're, they're, they're really close on in the passing game. He's just missed a couple long ones, like, you know, by a, a yard or two in each game. And then He's pretty good anticipatory thrower. He throws it before guys get out of their breaks. I don't think they're used to that. So there's some guy. There's some times where the ball's getting on guys really suddenly, and it slips through their hands. Uh, that's something they'll probably be cleaning up in the next few weeks. But uh, he he's. I, I think I think he's definitely the key. If you can kind of get to him and hit him a little bit, and and manage things on the perimeter, it'll be tough for them to score because I don't I don't see them being able to run the ball very effectively. Yeah, just looking at it statistically, and and to be honest, I haven't even really watched any film on USF, so you would you would know more than me. Um, just looking at it statistically, in my head, I'm like, Florida should have the game in the bag, obviously. They could probably do whatever they want to, but at the same time, though, you don't ever want to underestimate any team that you're playing. We saw that last week with Kentucky. I, I thought we were going to actually beat Kentucky bad. We, we threw the ball inaccurately. We had a lot of misses. Yeah, gave them 17 way. points, doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I had Florida winning like 37 to 17, and that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> so. I thought I, – I did think in going into that game that that was – you know, you kind of try to think, all right, what are possible outcomes? I thought that was a possible outcome because I did not think Kentucky's offense was very good. Yeah. Uh, even with the first-round pick quarterback, Will Levis, uh, I didn't think they were great. So I thought Florida's defense would play pretty well. I just didn't expect the offense to, to play as poorly as they did. But – uh yeah, they did. So, yeah, I, I don't think we any of us did. To be honest, we knew Kentucky had a pretty decent defense, though, especially yeah. at linebacker. They have some good linebackers, but yeah, they were better than they were a lot. I and in, in my preview coming into the game, I said this is a they're better than Utah on defense, so it's not going to be quite as easy 
as it was against Utah. I did not think it would be as hard as it was, but uh, it ended up being that way. So, All right, so you cover Florida and South Florida here. What yeah. are some players that Florida should look out for from USF? So on the offensive side of the ball and in the kick, both these guys are uh, offensive players and, kick, and both return kicks. Uh, Brian Petit plays running back, really explosive guy, where he's number 21 uh, from Sarasota. He was an All-American kick returner last year at three taken back for touchdowns, two in one game against Houston. Um, and he's leading the team in rushing right now with limited carries. He's, he's an explosive guy. They'll try to get on the edge. Jimmy Horn, who I mentioned before, I think is really explosive. And, and he's, I, in my opinion, he's the best player on their team. He looks different when he has the ball in his hands. He runs like, to me, he runs like Percy Harvin. Not, he's not Percy Harvin, but he's got that forward lean, can kind of get in and out of cuts really fast. And yeah. he's not as big or anything like that, but he's a really explosive guy. Um, Xavier Weaver is their top receiver. He left the game early last week. I'm not quite sure what his status is. I'm not, if he plays, he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's, um, He's a pretty good uh, 50-50 ball guy, uh, but he's 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 a, probably their best receiver. He wears number 10. So offensively, those are kind of the guys. And, and Bohannon, uh, Mangum is their top running back. He wears zero. He's kind of a big – he's like 6'2", 200-plus pounds guy. Uh, good feet for a big guy, but I don't know if this is his game. Uh, I think that the explosive guys like Petit and Horn and Weaver are the guys they're going to focus on on offense – Defensively, their linebackers are probably the best unit on the defense. You got Dwayne Boyles, 11. Um, he's a pretty good player. Antonio Greer is probably the kind of the heart and soul of the defense, or at least that's what a lot of people around the program kind of – he's kind of one of those guys. He has had a hamstring issue the last couple of weeks, so he may not play as well. Uh, if he doesn't, DJ Gordon is their backup. I think he transferred from Minnesota. He's a pretty good player at linebacker as well. So their best players on defense, I think, are linebackers. I mentioned Jatorian Hansford earlier. He's He transferred from Missouri. And they got a bunch of D1 transfers in the back end. But nobody, I don't think, has played especially well this year in the back end. So, you know, there, there's some names back there. But Will Jones is the safety that's kind of got a lot of preseason hype. But he hasn't – he's kind of been in and out of the lineup. So – they're a little injured as well. So we'll, we'll kind of see if they push guys to go or if they kind of hold them to make sure they can get into their conference pretty healthy. Absolutely. And we're, we're a little injured too at the same way. But as, as far as linebacker goes, he just mentioned that. So all you Florida fans, you saw what happened last week. So hopefully they'll, they'll drop a plan for those guys. Um, and, and obviously this is a Florida podcast. Most Florida fans that listen to this podcast already know who our good players are. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, you cover Florida too. What would you like to see from Florida in this game? I think we talked about a little earlier. I want to see some explosiveness in the passing game. Uh, some more it, it, I mean, explosiveness in the rushing game is great too, but uh, I'd love to see a little explosiveness in the passing game. I think you you got, you got need to see that going into Tennessee where the ability to push the ball down the field just to get it on film too is nice so people can't just load up. Because if you watch Kentucky's safeties, they're playing top down for the run the whole time, being really aggressive. So even to play action, they're playing aggressive. Uh, hit some shots, get people to loosen up a little bit, get uh, Richardson a little confidence throwing the ball down the field. Um, so that's I think that's number one for me is explosiveness. Let's see some of that. And then two, get back to sustaining drives, which should be – uh, you should feel pretty good this week. USF is uh, one of the worst teams in the country on third downs on both sides of the ball. So offensively, sustain some drives. Defense, get them off the field. Get some three and outs, you know. And, and then 
I think just kind of it's there's kind of two sides of the coin on defense, no explosives. If you don't give up any explosives and make USF slowly drive the ball down the field, I don't know if they can do it. So right. kind of if you if you play sound, don't give up explosives on defense, get them on offense, sustain drives, you should have a pretty good game on both sides of the ball and come away with a pretty good victory and probably cover the spread. Yeah, what is the spread, by the way? 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Yeah, I think Florida could do that. And now, I, I, that's what I really want to see. Typically, the main thing I want to see out of this game is Anthony Richardson throwing accurately. Because <laughs> yeah. if he throws accurately this game, I might be more comfortable with him going to Nayland Stadium next week yeah. against Tennessee. That'll be a different story. They got a great offense over there. Uh, but it, that's mainly what I want to see. We already know what we can do in the run game. Um, it's pretty well. I mean, Trevor Etienne, he's, he's been a madman freshman there. Uh, Montrell Johnson has as well. I think there's your two main primary backs that have been doing most of the work here and taking most of the workload and, and have the most results with them. I'll say, yeah. but uh, maybe we see some new guys out there too. Uh, you know, if the score gets pretty high and, and Florida could take some guys out, put some new guys in there. Uh, but this is definitely just one of them Anthony Richardson confidence games. I mean, I, I would say maybe you start running the football, maybe get up two or three scores, then have him toss the football around and, and then see how, you know, how, let him work on his accuracy the whole game. I, I don't even think they're going to take him out, to be honest, just just so they can work on something, you know, before Tennessee. But I, that's that's me. That's just me guessing. But um, yeah, I think if I think you're if even with I want to see explosive pass all that, if you could only have one thing. That's it. Get Richardson back where he's feeling comfortable and confident going into that Tennessee game. So, yeah, I think you're right. If that's the if that's the only thing you can have, that's the one you want. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your final score, man? What do you think? Do you think they hit that spread? I think. Uh, let me see. Yes, I do. I, I think on the USF podcast we did it last night. I said forty-five seven or forty-five seventeen ish. I think there is. I think Napier may. This will be interesting. Will he call the dogs off? He's friendly with Coach Scott. And his dad, they've go back a long time to Clemson. So I don't yeah. know if he'll run it up on him. Uh, so there may be a possibility for a USF backdoor cover there and and, and get some points in the back end. But I, I think Florida wins this one pretty comfortably. Get ready to see Jalen Kitna, guys. <laughs> there, you, there you go. The human, he's like a human victory cigar. When he's in the game, you can pop him out. <laughs> absolutely man well well Seth thank you for joining us and giving us your knowledge your input you're a very intelligent guy when it comes to these schemes these concepts and I look forward to watching more of your YouTube channel here in the future uh tell everybody where they can find you YouTube social media alligator army you name it yeah tell us yeah thanks for having me uh on Twitter I'm at Seth Varnador just my full name spelled out uh YouTube channel is Varnador Films I try to get and we'll see this week's going to test because I'll be up at the game. So I don't know when I'm getting back home down here close to Sarasota. But um, usually have every Monday have the have the film put out from the previous week and then early in the week have it on Alligator Army and a, a review. If you're looking for USF stuff, the Daily Stampede, um, I do stuff with them as well. We're doing a film review tonight for USF that's on the site there. So that's some. those are the kind of the places if you want information on this game, you can find it. Absolutely, man. Well, Seth, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped, and uh, obviously good luck to Florida or USF. I'm pretty sure you don't really care who wins. Um, you probably think Florida will win, but you probably don't really care. Florida winning will help me get a lot more views than Florida losing, that's for sure. <laughs> Nobody cares when they lose. So. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get a lot of downloads this week either, no. man. Nobody wants to hear it's, about a team losing. It's a tough game out here. <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, Seth, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped, man. All right, thanks. Thanks. 
Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout out on Twitter at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top of the line signs made from scratch. Are you tired of having a lot of hairy situations down there? Is it starting to look like the lawn you haven't mowed in two weeks and you're afraid to even bring out the machinery to cut it down? That's okay because your boy David Soderquist has the ultimate solution for you when you go to manscaped.com and you purchase the performance package 4.0 with promo code SWAMP20. I'm telling you, it's helped me in so many ways. I get the smoothest trim with reduced nicks, and I even get to get to those, you know, those hard-to-reach places down there that's kind of embarrassing to talk about. So save 20% plus get free shipping at manscaped.com when you order your performance package 4.0 or any other item from manscaped.com. Even if you don't have trouble down there, they have body wash, boxers, the weed whacker for those nose forests that you have growing up there. Anything in men's grooming, they have what you need. Save 20% on your order, plus get free shipping at manscaped.com when you make any purchase. Manscaped.com, the absolute best in men's grooming. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. Uh, new week. Uh, our guys are excited, uh, obviously, for the opportunity uh, this Saturday. Um, you know, to have a, a chance to play a, a uh, very talented team like Florida uh, at their place in the swamp. Um, and that's an environment that uh, many of our players had probably watched uh, for many years growing up. And for them to get an opportunity to go compete uh, on that stage is definitely one that uh, all of them are looking forward to. I think. For me as a coach, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing how our guys handle the, the crowd noise. Uh, this will be our first uh, road game of the year, and uh, I'm expecting it to be uh, loud like it always is there in a, a night game. And so for us to be able to, to operate on offense and uh, with all the, the motions and uh, snap counts and all these type of things uh, is definitely going to be a, a, a challenge and, and one that uh, you know we need to be prepared for. All right, Seth. Vernador. That was Jeff Scott talking about the USF Bulls coming into the swamp against the Florida Gators here. And as Seth said about Gary Bohannon, you know, transfer from Baylor, a really highly regarded quarterback in high school. You know, I mentioned his quarterback statistics, completion rating, and he's actually had five drops this year. And the uh, drop percentage is about 12.8%. So I guess you could kind of, if, if you wanted to, add a little bit to that completion rate. It's around 60 or so there. It's time to throw, though. Looking at his time to throw stat, 2.19 seconds. This kid gets the football out quick. And you you heard Seth talk about how, you know, sometimes he he throws his routes before they form and, and sometimes the receivers don't know when to turn around or they get caught off guard. Yeah, that's that's a very, very, very fast time to throw. A lot of geez, just really good quarterbacks have about a 2.5. 
2.4. I've seen it low as 2.4, but really it's around like 2.5, 2.6. So 2.19, this guy knows where he's going with the football every play, and you better turn around and you better catch it quick. Now, first downs, he's accumulated 17 of those first downs, but right now he has a 60.1% completion rating for his career. This is counting Baylor and USF here. He's thrown for 2,798 yards. He's averaged 7.6 yards per attempt, which really, it's it's really not that good, but uh, it's decent, I guess. But uh, 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, so about a 50% touchdown-to-interception ratio from this guy. And for his career, he's been sacked 12 times, but we really can't count most of the sacks because they came from Baylor. Uh, right now, he's only been sacked according to Pro Football Focus, one time, but his average time to throw over his career is about 2.8. So he's getting the football out here pretty quick at USF, but uh, as far as Baylor goes, I mean, he, he was pretty average with his time to throw there. He doesn't really do play action a lot. He's only had 18.3% of his passes for this year has been in play action. No play action has been 81.7%. Uh, screens when he's had to throw his screens only 15 percent to 85 percent here and he, he really hasn't been sacked that much at all this year only one time now for his career he's been sacked 12 times and it's kind of funny when you go back and you look and i was looking at miami stats the other day and their offensive line's terrible tyler van dyke's already been sacked 23 times that that was last year that, i'm not even counting this year i haven't even looked at his sack numbers i'm pretty sure that's pretty bad but uh yeah if, if you haven't been sacked for 12 times your whole career and one person's been sacked 23 times just for one year it's pretty bad <laughs> anyway i don't want to get sidetracked with all of that i don't think this football game is going to be very contested i think florida goes in there puts up three four touchdowns pretty quick but as i said and probably most florida gator fans want to see anthony richardson throw the football want to get some more confidence just as a fan get more confidence in anthony richardson throwing the football before he heads to dayland stadium but also get some more confidence for Anthony Richardson, man. And, and, and you know, I want to see if he does happen to throw a pick or he does happen to turn it over or there's a fumble that that ha that occurs that's on him. I want to see how he kind of responds to this game. Does he get shook up again? Does he throw another pick? Does he fumble the ball again? I mean, you've got to really, you know, you've you kind of like, I guess you kind of hope it happens maybe. In this game a little bit just because you know you want to see how he's going to react again and maybe see how he can regain his focus and regain his control if it does happen to happen i mean if he throws one pick i don't see usf coming back anyway in some kind of form or fashion and he's a young kid he might do that again but if that happens how does he respond that's what i'm really curious to see but what i'd really like to see is some of you folks heading over to prizepicks.com because did I have a great week or what in the NFL last week, man? Patrick Mahomes, you did me in very well, my man. And who would have thought Geno Smith would be in somebody's lineup, huh? I bet he helped a lot of those folks out. Great games last week. Great lineup I picked at prizepicks.com. And your boy David Soderquist can help you when you sign up on your first deposit. Join Prize Picks right now with promo code SWAMP to receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit. Prize Picks offers a variety of sports like NFL, college football, MLB, soccer, MMA, esports, tennis, boxing, you name it. Prize Picks has it. Prize Picks is rated 4.8 stars out of thousands of reviews. Prize Picks has an award winning, easy to use mobile app, both in the App Store and in the Google Play Store. Just download the app, sign up with promo code SWAPT, and you're in the game with double the deposit up to $100. PrizePicks.com. 
daily fantasy simplified. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, man. Florida versus USF. I don't particularly think this is going to be a contested game. Uh, I just want to see much more of Anthony Richardson. Watch him gain back his confidence. I want to see accurate passing from him. And that's about it. That's the only takeaway I want from this game. As far as injuries go, the only guy I know about is Ventro Miller. Napier said today he would be out for the game against USF. And as far as to the extent of this injury... It's pretty unknown. Napier, you know, he only told us he would not play this game and rest him. If it's a minor injury, I'm sure we'll get an update in the days to come from Billy Napier, and he won't be listed on the depth chart like Dan Mullen would do with these injured players. (laughs) You you know, folks, you you remember that from Dan Mullen. (laughs) I had to throw that one in there, man. It kind of made me giggle when I thought about it. But uh, anyway, man. Gator fans, it should be a pretty easy win, I would say. I got Florida winning 45-10 to 10 here and covering that 24.5 spread. So sit back this weekend, man, crack open a cold one, hopefully watch A&M drag Miami, or you know, maybe we see my uh, A&M fans dragging Jimbo Fisher once more if he loses. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. I personally hope Miami goes down, but that's a different story for a different day. Georgia versus South Carolina at noon, BYU versus Oregon, Ole Miss versus Georgia Tech, and of course, Florida versus USF at the end of the night. But folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped. And shout out to Seth Vanador for joining me. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel or Alligator Army or any of his work, you can find him on Twitter. You can find his YouTube channel. All you got to do is search his name. Uh, he, he's he's pretty active on Twitter. He's pretty active on YouTube as well. So uh Yeah, check him out, man. If you're one of those guys that likes to review games, whether we win or lose, kind of get more in-depth and detail of maybe what happened and what could have been called. Does a really good job there, man. Really in-depth insight on play calls. But folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.